You are listening to the KCAC Beat. Now, introducing your host, Mark Hoffheinz. Welcome to another edition of the KCAC Beat. I am Mark Hoffines. I am the Assistant Commissioner for Sports Information and Communications for the conference. In this episode, we'll be taking a look back at games from over the weekend, from Thursday through Sunday, and then take a look at matchups the first half of this week. The 2023 Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament Champions will be crowned on Monday, February 27th in Park City, Kansas at Hartman Arena. The men's basketball game will tip at 6 p.m., followed by the women's game at 8. Don't miss out on Championship Monday in Park City. Secure your ticket to catch some of the best NAI basketball in the Great Plains region for just $12 at kcacsports.com slash tickets. Travel the road to Hartman. See you on Championship Monday. This is the KCAC Scoreboard. Looking back at games from last weekend, we're talking about Thursday, January 26th through Sunday, January 29th. That was a busy end of the week in KCAC men's basketball. We had games on both Thursday and Saturday. We'll go through all those for you. The first game we'll jump into, I will focus on Thursday first. The game, first game we'll jump into is Friends at Avila. Uh, the Eagles win this one 72-61. Avalos up by 13 at halftime. Uh, Friends outscores them by two in the second half, but just not enough as Avila earns the 11-point victory. Some team stats in this matchup. Avila shot better from the field, 43.5% compared to 39.7% for the Falcons. Avila also led in three-point shooting, 28.6% compared to 15.4% for friends. Uh, Falcons did lead in rebounding, 38 rebounds pulled down as a team compared to 33 for Avila. Uh, One area where friends did struggle, though, was turnovers. They had 14 turnovers on the night compared to only five for the Eagles. Some key players for both teams in this matchup. We'll start out with friends first. They had four double-digit scores on the night, led in scoring by Steve Stako. Uh, 13 points for him. Efficient shooting night, four of five from the field. He was one of one from three-point range and four of five from the free-throw line. He gets a double-double with 10 rebounds and also dishes out an assist and gets a steal and a block on the night. Then he had two players with 12, Christian Williams and Tim Barbieri. Uh... Williams' 12 points also came with three rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. And then Barbieri's 12 points came on six of seven shooting from the field, almost gets a double-double with nine rebounds, and then picks up two assists, a steal, and a block as well. Final double-digit score for the Falcons, Al Imerlahu, 10 points for him on four of seven shooting from the field. It's two of four from three-point range. Uh, He also had six rebounds and an assist on the night. Looking at Avila, they had two double-digit scores and then a balanced effort behind those two. Uh, Eric Smith Jr. with 18. He shot 50% from the field and 50% from three-point range. He also contributed five rebounds, three assists, and three steals on the night. Then Craig Jordan was the team's other lane scorer. 14 points for him. Uh, He had six rebounds, two assists, and a steal as well. Besides those two, he had three, four, five, six, seven, eight 
other eagles score on the night to kind of provide that balanced attack behind Eric Smith Jr. and Craig Jordan. Next game we're looking at from Thursday is Bethany at Ottawa. Swedes win this one 72-55. They're only up by four at halftime, but then they outscored the Braves by 13 in the second half to earn the 17-point win on Thursday night. Some team stats in this game. Bethany, 47.8% field goal percentage compared to 31.9% for Ottawa. Uh, The Braves did lead in three-point percentage, though. 30% for them compared to 20% for Bethany. Uh, Bethany won the rebounding battle on the night. 49 rebounds pulled down as a team compared to 38 for Ottawa. And the teams were pretty close as far as turnovers go. 12 for Bethany, 11 for Ottawa. Some key players in this matchup for both squads. We'll start out with Ottawa first. Only one double-digit score on the night. That was Ian Moore. 13 points for him on 5 of 13 shooting from the field. He was 3 of 7 from the three-point line. Uh, he also had three rebounds and an assist on the night. Then you had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Other brave score on the night. The next link score behind him was Emil Fields with eight. Looking at Bethany... They had three double-digit scores on the evening. Dylan Smith led the team with 23 points in 32 minutes. He was 10 of 13 from the field and 3 of 3 from the free-throw line. Five rebounds for him, four assists, one steal, and one block to round out a a well-rounded performance for him. And then Solomon Clayton, 12 points on 6 of 11 shooting from the field. He gets a double-double with 13 rebounds, then has an assist, two steals, and a block Uh, So a good two-way game from him as well. And then Justin Brookins rounds out the double-digit scoring for Bethany. Ten points for him. He also pulls down six rebounds, dishes out five assists, and has three steals for Bethany. Next game we're looking at from Thursday night was Bethel at Oklahoma Wesleyan. Uh, Bethel gets the upset here, 72-61, to taking down the number two team in the NAI in Oklahoma Wesleyan. Uh, Threshers were down by seven at halftime, but then they outscore Oklahoma Wesleyan by 18 in the second half to earn the 11-point win. Team stats in this matchup, teams are close as far as field goal percentage goes. 44.4% for the Threshers, 41.1% for the Eagles. Three-point shooting, teams are pretty close there as well. Bethel, 37.5% from long distance. Oklahoma Wesleyan, 33.3%. Close as far as rebounds go as well. 32 rebounds for Bethel, 31 for Oklahoma Wesleyan. And then Bethel did have more turnovers on the night, 16 compared to 14 for Oklahoma Wesleyan. Looking at some key contributors of this matchup, we'll start out with Oklahoma Wesleyan first. Two double-digit scores for them, Derek Talton Jr. and Caleb Stokes. Uh, Derek Talton Jr. has 17 points Came on 6 of 10 shooting from the field. He was 1 of 2 from 3-point range and 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Uh, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals for him as well. Then Caleb Stokes was the team's other double-digit scorer. 12 points on 6 of 13 shooting. Uh, 6 rebounds for him, 4 assists, and 2 steals on the night. Then after those two, you had, I believe, 6 other Eagles score on the night. You had a couple players... Close to that double-digit mark in Austin Poling with nine. 
And then Jaden Litsky with nine as well. Uh, Litsky almost gets a double-double. He had one more point. Uh, he had 11 rebounds on the night as well. Looking at Bethel, they had three double-digit scores on the evening. Clifford Bird the second leads the team with 17 points, six of 13 from the field, uh, one of two from the three-point line, and four of four from the free-throw line. He adds five rebounds, five assists, and three steals to lead the Threshers. Then Brian Maccabi and Harper, Harper Jonas both have 13 points on the night. Uh, Maccabi's 13 points came on three of seven shooting from the field, but he was six of six from the free throw line. Six rebounds for him as well to go along with two assists and two steals. Then Jonas's 13 points came on a really good shooting night for him. Uh, he's four of five from the field. All the shots coming from beyond three point range, four of five from there. He's also one of two from the free throw line. Then he pulls down four rebounds as well. Outside of those three, you had see five other threshers score on the evening next thursday night game we'll take a look at is mcpherson at saint mary spires get the victory here 80 to 67 saint mary up by eight at halftime and then they outscore the bulldogs by five in the second half to earn the 13 point win looking at team statistics saint mary Good shooting night from the field, 46.9% compared to 38.2% for the Bulldogs. McPherson led in three-point shooting, though, 37.5% compared to 28.6% for the Spires. St. Mary, 39 rebounds pulled down as a team compared to 30 for McPherson. And uh, McPherson did have fewer turnovers on the night when comparing the two teams. Five turnovers for the Bulldogs, 10 for the Spires. Looking at some key contributors on the night in this matchup, we'll start out with McPherson first. Three double-digit scores for them, led by Curtis Rose. 13 points on 5 of 13 shooting from the field. He's 3 of 4 from the free throw line. Also pulls down two rebounds and has a steal on the evening. Then Charles Snyder right behind him with 12 points. Uh, That came on 6 of 14 shooting. Snyder also had three rebounds and a steal. Then Owen Braxmeyer, 11 points on the night. Uh, He's 50% from the field, 66.6% from three-point range, and had eight rebounds, two assists, and two steals as well. Uh, Antonio Watson almost gets to the double-digit scoring mark. He had nine on the night, and he led a balanced attack behind those top three scores. Looking at St. Mary, they had six double-digit scores on the night, led by Quinton Williams with 17 uh, that was in only 21 minutes, so he made his his uh, limited action count. He was 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 4 from three-point range, and 5 of 5 from the free throw line. He also pulls down five rebounds and dishes out three assists as well. Then Deshaun St. Martin was behind him with 15 points. Uh, he gets a double-double with 14 rebounds and has a block on the night as well. So uh, Deshaun St. Martin, a good, well rounded game there on the evening and he had two players for the spires with 11 luke Mackey and cam southern Mackey's 11 points came on 50 percent shooting from the field uh, he also adds two rebounds and two assists for saint mary then southern's 11 points were on three of nine shooting from the field but five of seven shooting from the free throw line uh, four rebounds and two assists on the night for him as well then two players for saint mary at 10 points Braylon Duncan, uh, his 10 points came on 4 of 10 shooting from the field. It's 2 of 5 from 3-point range. 
pulls down seven rebounds and dishes out three assists. Then Joey Schultz has 10 points on the evening, four of nine from the field, uh, six rebounds for him to go along with four assists and three steals. Our next game from Thursday, Southwestern College, ranked number 21 in the NAI right now, uh, took on Sterling at Sterling, and the Warriors get the upset win here, 82-80. to 80. Uh, Southwestern is up by six at halftime, but the Warriors outscore them by eight in the second half to earn the two-point win on the evening. Um, some team stats, as you can imagine, with a game as close as this one, uh, field goal percentage was pretty close. Sterling led that category 43.9% compared to 42.6% for the Mound Builders. Uh, Three-point shooting was close as well, 29.4% for the Warriors, 26.7% for Southwestern. Rebounding, close as well. Uh, 35 rebounds pulled down as a team for Southwestern compared to 34 for Sterling. And turnovers, there wasn't a huge difference there. Southwestern had seven, Sterling had six. Some key players in this matchup, we'll start out with Southwestern first. A big night for Kevin Clark. He led the team with 29 points. Uh, He's 50% from the field, going 8 of 16. 33.3% from three-point range, 3 of 9, and he's 10 of 13 from the free throw line. Clark had two rebounds as well to go along with an assist on the night. Then Dang Bull, 14 points on 5 of 7 shooting from the field. is 4 of 6 from the free throw line. He also had seven rebounds, an assist, and two steals. And Cooper Pierce was the team's final double-digit scorer. 11 points for him to go along with four rebounds and three blocks. Uh, Trey White nearly got to double digits in scoring. He had nine. Trey Abasolo with eight, uh, also near that double-digit mark. For Sterling, four double-digit scores for them. Two players led the team with 19 points. Those two were Lucas Breyer and Cedric Rollerson. Breyer's 19 points were on 7 of 12 shooting from the field. He's 1 of 2 from behind the three-point line, and he's 4 of 6 from the free-throw line. He also had five rebounds and an assist. Then Rollerson's 19 points came on 5 of 11 shooting from the field. Uh, He's 40% from the three-point line and 7 of 7 from the free-throw line. He added two rebounds, an assist, and two steals on the night. Uh, behind those two is Darian Reed, 16 points for him. Shot 50% from the field, 40% from three-point range, and 80% from the free-throw line. Uh, Reed also had two rebounds on the night to go along with those 16 points. Then Cavante Kenny, team's final double-digit score, 13 points for him. Uh, came on 5 of 11 shooting from the field. In only 19 minutes, he was 3 of 3 from the free throw line. Gets close to a double-double with 8 rebounds and then had an assist on the night as well. Final game we're taking a look at from Thursday night was York at Tabor. Another close one. Tabor wins this one 67-64. to Tabor only up by 2 at halftime. And then teams were only separated by a point in the second half as Tabor earns the 3-point victory. Some team stats in this one. Tabor, 44.4% from the field. York, 40.7% from the field. Tabor led in three-point shooting, 36.4% compared to 21.1% for York. Tabor led the rebounding battle as well, 40 points or 40 rebounds as a team for them compared to 33 rebounds for the Panthers. Uh, one area where Tabor did struggle tonight was in turnovers, 17 
on the night for them compared to 12 for York. Some key players in this game, we'll start out with York first. Only one double-digit scorer on the night, 20 points for Brent Clark. He was 6 of 13 from the field and 7 of 8 from the free-throw line. He added two rebounds, an assist, and two steals to that effort. A couple of players with nine, Eric Talton and Dwight Glover. Talton's nine points came on four of nine shooting from the field. He also pulled down three rebounds, had an assist, and two steals. And Dwight Glover, his nine points came on four of five shooting in only 15 minutes. Uh, He was one of one from the free throw line as well. Glover also added one rebound on the night. Outside of those three, you had one, two, three, four, five, six other Panthers score on the night. Looking at Tabor, three double-digit scores for them, uh, led in scoring by Austin Hilton, 16 points for him. He is 5 of 11 uh, shooting from the field, shot 50% from three-point line, and he's a perfect 3 of 3 from the free-throw line. Seven rebounds for him as well to go along with the steal and those 16 points. Freeland Avery right behind him with 15. Now that came on 6 of 14 shooting from the field. He also added two rebounds and an assist. Then Thatcher McClure, 12 points to round out the double-digit scores for Tabor. His 12 points came on 5 of 11 shooting from the field, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. He also pulls down 6 rebounds and dishes out 3 assists and then swipes 1 steal on the night. Outside of those 3, you had 6 other Blue Jays score to help earn the 3-point win. No games on Friday, but then on Saturday we had another full KCAC slate. Uh, 6 games in total on Saturday. We'll go through all those as well. First game we'll take a look at is Ottawa at Bethel. Braves won this one 91-80. to uh, Teams are only separated by a point and halftime. Bethel was up 45-40. to Then Ottawa outscores the Threshers by 12 in the second half to earn the 11-point win. Some team stats in this matchup. Ottawa, good shooting night from the field. A good shooting night from three as well. Uh, Ottawa's 45.5% from the field and 55.2% from three-point range. Pressures were 38.6% from the field and 44% from behind the three-point line. Uh, Ottawa led the rebounding battle as well. 48 rebounds for them compared to 42 for the Threshers. And turnovers, the teams were even. Both teams had 12. Looking at some key contributors in this matchup, we'll start out with Bethel first. Uh, Three double-digit scores in this game for Bethel. Carmelo Akubu had 12 points, or 22 points, excuse me, on the night for the Threshers. Uh, That came on 8 of 15 shooting from the field. It's a perfect 2 of 2 from 3-point range, and he was 4 of 8 from the free throw line. He gets a double-double with 15 rebounds and then has 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block. So a good 2-way game there for Akubu to lead Bethel. Uh, Behind him, Javen Hutton, 16 points in 21 minutes. 4 of 7 shooting from the field. He's 4 of 6 from 3-point range and 4 of 5 from the free throw line. He also pulls down 2 rebounds, dishes out 2 assists, and has 1 steal. Then to round out the double-digit scoring, Harper Jonas had 10 points. Uh, He also contributed 4 rebounds on the night as well. Outside of those 3, he had a couple players with 8, but outside of Akubu and Jonas, you had... 
five Threshers score on the night. Looking at Ottawa, four double-digit scores for them. They were led in scoring by Emil Fields, 20 points in 26 minutes. He was 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 7 from three-point range, and 5 of 7 from the free-throw line. He gets a double-double with 10 rebounds, and he also dishes out two assists and has one block on the night. Not far behind him was DeAndre Buggage, 17 points for him. He's 5 of 11 from the field and 5 of 7 from three-point range. Buggage also had two steals on the night. Right behind him was Ian Moore, 16 points. Good shooting night for him, 4 of 6 from the field. That was perfect 4 of 4 from three-point range, and he was 4 of 6 from the free-throw line. He also had four rebounds, four assists, and three steals. Then to round out the double-digit scoring was Ty Bland, 14 points for him. A 6 of 13 from the field, almost gets a double-double with nine rebounds. Then dishes out two assists and has a steal on the night as well. Tristan Hull nearly gets it to double digits in scoring. He had nine points. Would have got one more point, would have had a double-double with his ten rebounds. And then he had three assists as well. Uh, After him, you had one, two, three other Braves score on the evening. Next game we're taking a look at is Southwestern, number 21 in the NAIA, uh, taking on Tabor in Winfield on Saturday. Southwestern gets the victory here, 76-61. to Southwestern up by 10 at halftime, then they outscore the Blue Jays by 5 in the second half during the 15-point win. Good shooting night for the Mound Builders, 48.4% from the field and 50% from the three-point line. Now looking at Tabor, they were 40.4% from the field, and 31.6% from three-point range. Uh, Teams were close as far as rebounding goes. Southwestern, 31 rebounds pulled down as a team compared to 29 for Tabor. And turnovers, not a huge difference there. Tabor had 13, Southwestern had 12. Looking at some key contributors in this game, we'll start with Tabor first. Uh, Three double-digit scores in this game. Blue Jays were led by Thatcher McClure with 19 points. He has 50% from the field, 50% from three-point range, and a perfect three of three from the free-throw line. Now McClure almost gets a double-double on the night with nine rebounds, and then has an assist and a steal on the night as well. Uh, Austin Hilton, the team's next leading scorer with 13 points. He got that on four of nine shooting from the field and was three of six from the three-point line. Uh, he had three rebounds and an assist as well. Then Adam Nance, 11 points to round out the double-digit scoring for Tabor. Uh, that came on 50% shooting from the field, and then he's one of two from free-throw line. Uh, Nance also had two rebounds, an assist, and a steal as well. Looking at Southwestern, another big game for Kevin Clark. 33 points on the night. He's the only double-digit scorer for Southwestern, but made a statement with a 30-plus point game. Uh, Clark's 33 points came on 12 of 22 shooting from the field, 7 of 11 from behind the three-point line, and he was 2 of 2 from the free-throw line. Clark also had two rebounds and a steal as well. Behind him, team's next leading scorer was Andrew O'Brien with 9. Almost gets a double-double. He had 10 assists, so one more point would have had a double-double there. Uh, O'Brien also had 6 rebounds, 3 steals, and 1 block, so a good all-around game for Andrew O'Brien. Then you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other mound builders score on the night after Clark and O'Brien. 
Next game we'll take a look at from Saturday was number two, Oklahoma Wesleyan traveling to Wichita to take on Friends. Oklahoma Wesleyan gets the victory here, 84 to 59. Eagles are up by seven at halftime, and then they outscore Friends by 18 in the second half to earn the 25-point win. Some team stats in this game. Oklahoma Wesleyan leads in both field goal percentage and three-point percentage. Eagles were 44.3% from the field, 38.7% from three-point range. Falcons were 39.3% from the field and 28.6% from long distance. Uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan with a sizable advantage in rebounding, 48 rebounds as a team compared to 28 for friends. And the Eagles also hold a good-sized advantage in turnovers, only six on the night for Oklahoma Wesleyan compared to 11 for friends. Looking at some key players for both squads in this game, we'll start out with friends first. Three double-digit scores on the night, 15 points for Tim Barbieri to lead the team. That came on uh, six of nine shooting from the field. He has two of four from the free throw line. Six rebounds for him as well to go along with assist, a steal, and a block on the night. Uh, Al Emerlahu was not far behind him with 11 points. Those 11 points came on 60% shooting from the field. Uh, He's one of one from three-point range and four of six from the free throw line. Uh, Amralahu also had four rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block as well. Then Ian Connick rounds out the double-digit scoring for friends. Ten points for him uh, to go along with three rebounds and five assists and a block on the night. For Oklahoma Wesleyan, they had three players scoring double digits. Caleb Stokes leading the team with 21 points. He's 8 of 14 from the field and 5 of 8 from three-point range. Got close to a double-double with eight rebounds and also dished out two uh, assists as well. Jaden Litsky, 13 points for him on the night. Uh, efficient shooting night, five of seven from the field, three of five from the free throw line. Got eight rebounds and a steal as well. Then Austin Poling as uh, the final double-digit scorer on the night. 11 points for him on four of six shooting from the field. He adds four rebounds, three assists, and a block as well. Outside of those three, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine other Eagles score on the night to have a balanced attack behind those top three scores. Next Saturday game we're taking a look at is Sterling and McPherson. Bulldogs win this one 70 to 63. Sterling up by or Sterling down only down by four at halftime, but McPherson uh, outscores them by three in the second half to extend their lead and picks up the 70-63 win. Some team stats. Teams are almost identical as far as field goal percentage. McPherson, 32.3% from the field. Sterling, 32.2%. Teams were close as well in three-point percentage. 35% from behind the three-point line for Sterling. 33.3% for McPherson. Teams were close in total rebounds as well. McPherson, 42 total rebounds as a team compared to 38 for Sterling. And turnovers, Sterling had 12, McPherson had 9. Looking at the box score in this game, some key contributors for both teams. We'll start out with Sterling first. They were led in scoring by Kevontae Kenny with 13 points. That came on 4 of 7 shooting from the field and 5 of 5 from the free throw line for him. 
five rebounds for Kenny, one assist, and one block as well. Then Chris Drake had 11 points for the Warriors. Uh, his 11 points came on four of six shooting from the field. He has three of four from the free throw line. He had six rebounds and a block as well. Then Cedric Roller sent 10 points for him on the night. Uh, he also added in three rebounds, four assists, and a steal. For McPherson, three double-digit scorers on the evening, led by Owen Braxmeyer, 16 points. He gets a double-double with 12 rebounds and has a, a good shooting night going 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 4 from three-point range, and 4 of 8 from the free-throw line. Anil Vidal, not far behind him with 15 points. He was 50% from the field and 75% from the free-throw line. Vidal also had four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Then Antonio Watson rounds out the double-digit scores for McPherson. 11 points. He also added in seven rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Uh, Charles Snyder almost gets to double digits in scoring. He had nine points. Jamil Hardaway with eight. And then he had two other Bulldogs score on the night as well. Next Saturday game, we'll take a look at Avila at... Kansas Wesleyan, the Coyotes currently at number 13, I believe, in the NAIA. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan picks up the 62-45 to win in this one. Kansas Wesleyan up by 14 at halftime. They outscore the Eagles by three in the second half to earn a 17-point win. We got team stats in this one. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan led in field goal percentage, 35.6% compared to 25.4% for the Eagles. Coyotes also lead in three-point shooting, 21.7% compared to 16% for Avila. As far as rebounding goes, not a huge difference. Kansas Wesleyan, 46. Avila, 41. Uh, Coyotes did hold a sizable advantage on turnovers, though. 12 for them compared to 17 for Avila. Looking at the box score in this one, we'll start out with Avila first. Uh, Only one double-digit score on the night. That was Dante Simpson, who had 12 points, eight rebounds, an assist, two steals, and a block. Uh, Behind him, Eric Smith Jr. had nine. And then you had... uh, And Smith Jr. almost gets a double-double with nine points and nine rebounds. Uh, And then besides those two, you had... seven other Eagles score on the night. For Kansas Wesleyan... Three double-digit scores on the evening. Two players with 14 points in Corey Kaplan and Alex Littlejohn. Kaplan's 14 points uh, were in 24 minutes. He added three rebounds, two assists, and a block as well. Littlejohn's 14 points uh, came on an efficient efficient shooting night for him. Five of nine shooting from the field. He was four of four from the free throw line. Gets a double-double with 16 rebounds and has four assists, two steals, and three blocks so a great two-way game there for Little John. Final double-digit score for the Coyotes. Tyus Jeffries with 10 points. Came on 4 of 7 shooting from the field. He was 2 of 4 from the free throw line. And he also adds in 2 steals and a block. Then after those 3, you had 7 other Coyotes score on the night uh, to round out a balanced attack for Kansas Wesleyan. Final game from Saturday that we're taking a look at is St. Mary at Bethany. Bethany gets the win here, 88-62. to 
Now the Swedes were up by 27 at the half. Uh, St. Mary outscores them by one in the second half. So Bethany picks up the 26-point win in this one. Looking at some team stats, Bethany 50.7% from the field compared to 35.9% for St. Mary. Uh, Swedes led in three-point shooting as well, 21.1% compared to 17.2% for St. Mary. Bethany leads in rebounding as well, 46 rebounds pulled down as a team compared to 32 rebounds pulled down as a team for the Spires. And in turnovers, St. Mary had 16, Bethany had 12. Looking at some key contributors for both teams, start with St. Mary first. One double-digit score on the night for them, Deshaun St. Martin. 15 points on 7 of 10 shooting from the field. He also had 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. And then after him, you had 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 other Spires score on the night, uh, but nobody else had more than 7. Looking at Bethany, uh, three double-digit scores for them on the evening. Donovan Newton leads the team in scoring in 20 points in only 15 minutes. He is 9 of 12 from the field and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Newton also adds in a rebound, an assist, and a steal. Then Solomon Clayton, not far behind him with 18 points, uh, came on 7 of 8 shooting from the field and he was 4 of 8 from the free throw line. Clayton also had eight rebounds and assists, three steals, and five blocks. So a great two-way game from him, uh, making his presence known there on defense with those three steals and five blocks. Dylan Smith right behind him with 17 points. He was 7 of 12 from the field and 3 of 4 from three-point range. Uh, He also adds in three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Outside of those three, the team's next lane scorer is Malcolm Clayton with Nine points, almost gets a double-double. He has 10 rebounds, then five assists, two steals, and a block on the night. And then after him, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other Swedes scored to round out a good scoring night for Bethany. Looking at upcoming games, the first half of this week, we're talking about Monday, January 30th through Wednesday, January 1st. No games Monday or Tuesday. We have a full KCAC slate on Wednesday, six conference games in total. All these will be on the KCAC network if you want to watch the live stream. Uh, The only 7 o'clock game is Southwestern, currently ranked number 21, taking on York in York. And then every other game is at 8 p.m. Uh, Bethany at Sterling is the first one. We'll take a look at that's part of the KCAC and ESPN Wichita 92.3 Road to Hartman doubleheader of the week. Uh, ESPN Wichita 92.3 will be broadcasting live from Sterling. Pat Strathman, many of you around the conference know him. He will be on the call for uh, ESPN Wichita 92.3. And in those doubleheaders of the week, that is a, a weekly series that we've partnered with ESPN Wichita to uh, cover the conference. They pick out a different game each week and cover both the women's and men's games. So his broadcast will start at 6 for the women's game and then 8 p.m. here for the men's game. All the other 8 p.m. games on the night, we have Bethel at St. Mary, Friends at Ottawa, and then the big one on Wednesday night, a top 15 matchup in the NAIA. 
Kansas Wesleyan, ranked number 13, travels down to Bartlesville to take on Oklahoma Wesleyan, currently ranked number two. And then our final Wednesday game is McPherson at Tabor, also at eight. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of the KCAC Beat. We thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to this feed so you don't miss an episode. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a recap of Wednesday's games in KCAC men's basketball, along with a women's basketball recap podcast, a news and notes podcast, and more. So make sure to check out our feed on Thursday. And for everybody here at the conference office, we hope you have a great day and a great start to your week. You've been listening to the KCAC Beat. For more information on the KCAC, go to www.kcacsports.com.